Welcome to the New Mind Creator Podcast with your host, Maurice, the New Mind Creator. Today I'll be interviewing Jason Shears. Please make sure to hit the subscribe button so that you receive alerts when new episodes are available on Sundays at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Also, please leave me a review on iTunes or Spotify. that we as a society can begin to change the narrative or stigma associated with mental health? Well, I'm involved in that process for sure. You know, it's kind of like, I'm absolutely all for that. And, and, and I think that with um, the way social media is and with the way, you know, like um, the, with the internet, the way it is today that, things are definitely changing. There's, there's small communities of people all over, you know, that have a different understanding of mental health, um, you know, myself included in that. Um, now, there's great psychologists. There's more research starting to come out, um, looking in different directions, you know, rather than looking towards mental illness, looking towards mental well-being, you know, like seeing the mental well-being in all people, regardless of their diagnosis. And... I think, you know, part of the struggle with that is that people that have been given the diagnosis, you know, of like, you know, like the way we form our identity over time, you know, um, for people that don't really understand how an identity is formed, you know, it's kind of like we take on influence and beliefs of other people over time. And it's kind of like we, we create this idea of who we are. And it's really just an idea of who we are. It's not really who we are. And, you know, over time, we, we, we take, you know, whether it be mental health diagnosis, ideas that we have about ourselves, influence that we've got from family, society, culture, religion, you know, and it's like we build this image of who we are. And so, so part of the struggle with trying to change the stigma around mental health is that people are attached to their identity as, you know, someone who struggles with bipolar, whatever it is, ADHD, you know, whatever label they've been given. True. So I like what you said, uh, focusing on mental well-being, like uh, because whatever we give our focus to, we'll usually move in that dominant direction of whatever dominant thoughts we have. So if we get in involved and really get focused on being well, that could be more beneficial to the individual versus thinking about the negative what's affecting you. So that's really good to hear. And so in what ways has mental, has you, have you been affected in any relationships because of your mental health issues? Yeah, but let me, let me rewind a little okay. bit. Um, just to, what you said about mental well-being, you know, and um, it's such a great point and it's worth expanding on because, you know, like when I work with people now with mental health, it's kind of like I am always like 100% of the time looking for people's mental well-being. You know, I'm, I'm pointing them back to that. You know, it's kind of like because the system has failed people, you know, so much in that like it's pointed them to what's wrong with them. It's given them a label. It's given them a diagnosis. It's confirmed that they're broken, that there's something not right about their their mental health. And, you know, as, as working with people, you know, I'm always pointing them like if I see something in somebody that's kind of intuitive or points to wisdom, you know, their own wisdom, their own intuition, their own clarity of mind, 
I, I, I look at that, you know, and that's what that's how I work with people because it's kind of like when people realize that they are innately well, you know, that they are connected to the same source of wisdom as all of us, when when they're diagnosis you know there's something beyond their diagnosis you know who they truly are when they when, when they see that you know people change and, and that's kind of like my, my understanding of mental well-being and, and and certainly you know the the biggest part of how i work with people mm-hmm. that's really that's a really good perspective you have um mm. yeah so the so the relationships so so the question about relationships yes. you know um absolutely you know it's like i i think that you know, like I suffered with addiction, you know, it's kind of like I, I suffered with, struggled with taking drugs. And I, and, and like, for me, it always looked like my mental well-being was outside of me. You know, it was in something else. So it was in a substance or it was in a relationship or it was in a shiny object or it was in a weight loss or it was in more of something, more of anything, you know, it was like anything that made me feel good. So like when you have that perspective of, of life, of people, of relationships, you know, it, it's just a very self-centered way of, of being, you know, and it's kind of like, so all my relationships were just about me, you know, it was kind of like, as long as they served me, uh, you know, and I was insecure. So like when I was insecure, I was jealous, I was angry, I was, you know, incapable of real connection. I was incapable of seeing somebody for who they really were. So, you know, the mental health, you know, issues that I had, the struggles that I had were just kind of like, they were overwhelming in all areas of life, in all friendships, in all relationships. You know, I, I had um, acquaintances, you know, that were relevant to drug use. I had, a, you know, people that I knew and I had people that, you know, we might have called it a relationship at the time, but looking at my understanding of relationships today versus my understanding of relationships back then, you know, it was just really a a dysfunctional, innocent, you know, innocent is the right word, attempt, you know, to get my needs met. And that was it. So how did you, how were you able to make that turn? Because that sounds like it was a difficult place to be in because I'm sure it was these patterns that just kept showing up in your life. How were you able to evolve out of that? That's a great question. Um, on, on a long journey, you know, a long, a long, long journey of, of pain and struggle um, to, to an awakening of, uh, and of understanding really. Um, it was many years of addiction, you know, so it's kind of like my, my from, from, from the time of my dad um, passing away and like getting um, suffering with food and, you know, and mental health at a young age, food was like my comfort, you know, and, and from food, I moved into drugs and alcohol and um, crime, you know, so I spent many years committing crime, going to jail, taking drugs, committing crime, going to jail, like in this vicious circle that I couldn't get out of. That was just really painful. Um, and, you know, from there, I, I um, attended 12-step fellowships. I went to rehab when I was when I was 23. I went to rehab and spent quite a long time in rehab. And it was like, but I was still clueless, you know. I was still clueless about life. I was still clueless about connection about people about mental well-being I mean I was just getting by you know I I wasn't taking drugs but like I I still suffered with a lot of you know other addictions whether it was relationships or money or gambling or food you know my my weight fluctuated 
uh, I went, I, I would get a relationship and then I would lose weight and then I would lose the relationship and I would gain weight and then I would go to the gym and I was in these vicious cycles for years. Um, and, I, and I was just constantly struggling thinking, wow, you know, is this all there is to life? And, um, you know, I, I went through a big cycle of personal development. I, I went through so many different personal development, personal development events. I went to Tony Robbins. I, um, you know, I did all sorts of um, silent meditations. I did a thing called the Hoffman process where you, you go on a retreat for eight days and you go through all sorts of cathartic experiences. Um, I mean, I literally tried everything. I was a, re- I was a, re- I was a real seeker. You know, I was always seeking something. And, um, you know, I eventually ended up in therapy and, and um, I spent five years training as a therapist. And like, I mean, I remember that things were getting worse. You know, it was kind of like, you know, I traveled a lot and stuff in, in, in you know, when, I, when things had got a bit better. And um, I, I can remember like getting on a plane about halfway into my training, about two years into my training as a psychotherapist. And um, I got to the airport and it was like um, I was just walking, you know, like um, walking down the corridor towards the gate. And it was like I just had this panic attack where I was just like freaked out and in my head, I was thinking, oh, my God, you know, we're going to be in the sea. You know, it was like, and I was I was imagining the plane going down in the sea and the water coming in and not being able to get out and the, the plane filling up with water. I mean, it was really vivid. And it was like, and I was just like overwhelmed with anxiety. And I, and I thought to myself, what is this? Why am, I, why am I having this experience? Because, you know, I've traveled on planes for years, but I've never been anxious. Now, all of a sudden, I've started digging into the past with this psychotherapy training. I've started looking at the trauma of the loss of my dad, looking at my childhood, and all of a sudden, I'm suffering with anxiety and depression, you know? And it's kind of like, so, I, so it ended up like for, for a couple of years of like, um, I couldn't get on a plane without medication. And every time I got to the airport, it was like, uh, or before I got to the airport, you know, a couple of weeks before, I'd have to go to the doctors and ask for um, Valium and diazepam in order to get me on the plane. And then every time I was at the airport, like 30 minutes before we were taking off, I was taking these tablets, trying to time it. So I was kind of as oblivious to what was going on as possible because just to stop the overwhelming anxiety, you know, that I had these real vivid ideas of where we were going to end up on this plane. And, um, you know, and then, and then I went through, you know, um, my, probably about three years into my training, I went into a, a real dark depression and, and, and really struggled. And my daughter was, she was about three at that time. And I remember she used to stay with me and, um, I used to wake up in the morning and like I would go into her room and she had this like a like a cabin bed where the bed was really high up with like some cabinets underneath and um I would go in and it was like I was literally watching to see if she was breathing you know because I was she was the only light in my life at that time you know and that was the, a lot of the reason because I guess because my dad you know had left one day that I was like determined that I wasn't gonna you know struggle that much in order to leave her behind and um so i just struggled on for many years you know and in, in, on that journey of trying to find some peace and respite for, from my own uh, mental health my own addiction depression anxiety you know all my struggles and um and, and uh, on the outside you know i'd done pretty well i mean it was like um my i'd created a business you know i created an it business um you know i'd, I'd been somewhat successful financially 
Um, you know, I, if you looked at me from the outside, I had a child, I was uh, successful, you know, it was like things, things were kind of good, but internally my world was upside down. You know, it was, it, I was never happy. And I always had a sense of that, you know, something was always missing out of my life. That, that was my, my idea, um, about me. And, um, a few, quite a few years back, I went to, um, there's an author called Michael Neal who wrote the Inside Out Revolution. And um, it was funny because I'd been to a Tony Robbins event and um, we'd joined like a, a little group of personal development people. And, and because I had the IT business, someone had asked me to to pirate a video and from, from, from this um, resource. So I was kind of pirating this video of Michael Neal. And I've told him this story. It's quite funny. But um, I was working on my computer and I had the laptop next to me and I was pirating this video. And the only way to pirate it was to watch it and record the screen. So I've set it up and I'm recording the screen of this guy talking. And it's like every every couple of minutes, I just had to stop what I was doing and, and listen to what this guy was saying, you know. And it was like um, he really captured me, you know. There was like something in what he was saying that was true, you know, about mental well-being and, uh, and, and about that um, – you know, we're not really broken. We just think we are. And like, it really sort of, you know, it made me turn my head a bit sideways and like sit and listen to it and think, well, there's something in what this guy's saying. And and, and it, that really hit me on a deep level. You know, at this point, it was kind of like, I really felt like something had it touched something inside of me that sort of, you know, that, that made me really curious. Now it was a little while after that, that I was traveling to LA and, um, I looked on his website, Michael Neal's website, and he was doing a, an intensive at his house. And um, so, I, so I thought, well, I'm going to be in L.A. It's the first time I've been there, you know, so it's like I'm going to go. So I, I turned up for this intensive, which was two and a half days with all my years and years and years of experience, qualified NLP practitioner, qualified psychotherapist, you know, qualified person-centered therapist, all sorts of lists of qualifications in the psychological world. And like, so I got there um, and I had my analytical mind on, you know, like I was like ready. So I was kind of like there and I was thinking, okay, what am I going to get out of this? And I have my notebook and piece of paper and, uh, uh, how's this going to work? And I wonder if it's going to be good. I wonder if this guy knows what he's talking about, you know? And, and I remember Michael saying to me, you know, um, can you just like, you don't need to take any notes. And I was, that was alien to me. And I was like, and he said like, you know, listen, listen, like you're listening to music, you know, turn off your analytical mind, you know, turn off your, your ideas about whether this is right or wrong and stop thinking whether you're getting enough out of this or whether you're getting your money's worth or whether what you're listening to fits or doesn't fit, you know, he said, can you do that? And I was like, okay, you know, because like today, you know, what I often say to people is, you know, like I, you know, the same mind that created the problems can't fix them, you know, at the the same level of consciousness that it's at. And, And that was it for me that I had to allow something to get past my filters, you know, the filters of all the stuff that I'd learned. And, um, so, yeah, I sat there for a few days, you know, and I, I didn't really, I don't even remember what was said, you know, it was kind of like, but it was, a, it was, um, you know, knowing what I know today, you know, it, it was um, a deep dive into the understanding of how the mind really works, you know, of how thought creates our reality in the moment, you know, and how we all have idea, how we build ideas of ourselves and, and then, you know, suffer when we don't live up to the ideas that we create and then try to medicate our suffering. 
you know, and it was like something just awakened in me, you know, like so, so peacefully, you know, like I, I, I always talk about this experience, but at the end of that um, two and a half days that I spent with him, I, I didn't know what he'd said, but it was like when I got there, you know, I had all these problems. It was like my bank balance was a problem. My weight was a problem. My relationship was a problem. My what I was going to do was a problem. My business was a problem. And it was like I was spinning plates, constantly managing these things to be, you know, what I wanted them to be in order for me to be okay. I mean, it always manifests itself in a sense of not being okay. You know, that when I got this thing that was outside of me, that I, then I would be okay. And that's kind of, it just looked like it came in all those forms. And, um, you know, and I left that intensive with Michael. And I remember sitting at the back of this Airbnb that I'd rented in, in a valley. It was in Woodland Hills in LA. And it was Friday evening and it was sunny and it was peaceful. And I sat there and I just looked and I thought, you know, like I, it was just like I was awake. You know, in that moment, it was like I don't have any problems, and nothing had changed. You know, like not my life. All those things hadn't gone away. I hadn't lost weight, got a relationship, and got a new income. You know, in the space of two and a half days, nothing had changed. And and what I realized in that very moment was that it was, you know, my happiness and my mental health was not connected to any of those things. I didn't need to get a new relationship. I didn't need to lose weight. I didn't need to get new clients for my business in order to be okay. I didn't need a certain number in the bank. You know, I didn't need certain people to be in my life. I didn't need to be worshipped or, you know, put on a pedestal by anyone in order for, for, to, to be okay as long as I thought I was okay, you know. And I, and I realised in that moment that I was, you know. It was just like a complete um, different perspective of myself, of who I was, you know. And I thought to myself, God, I've been suffering all these years, you know, and I've created the suffering. It's like innocently created the suffering, you know, by my ideas about who I thought I needed to be in order to be okay in the world. And and from that moment on, I've never looked back, you know, it's kind of like, it's just been a, a, um, everything. I mean, that awakening just changed everything in my life, changed my relationships, changed my perspective of myself. I, I lost, I lost another 70 pound in weight because I've had a battle with weight, you know, after, after that time um, and have maintained, you know, like a completely, you know, uh, normal for for want of whatever the word normal means um, body type um you know my sense of well-being is is 99 percent of the time good you know and and um my connection with people is just gone gone ridiculously through the roof you know i've got met friends and made connections with people everywhere it's like everything's changed my just whole perspective of life uh, became so different just in a moment of, of, of awakening you know, in a moment in change of perspective in a moment of realization that you know the big realization i guess is that i i am the creator of the experience that i'm having not not about how to change the experience that i'm having but just that i am the sole creator of my experience and my experience is created through thought you know, and, and when I saw that in that moment, that, that really clearly, not from not from an intellectual perspective, you know, like from a deep place of seeing, oh, my God, you know, it's kind of like, this is what I've been doing. Um, uh, you know, like that's where the dominoes started to fall. And, where, and I say dominoes started to fall because as I looked further at my life, how I thought it was, it all started to look differently, you know. Wow, that's an amazing story. Um, so that encounter is, I guess, something internally, instinctively happened within you that caused that shift. Mm. And you still, 
even today is still going, it sounds like. Yeah. Well, what, how I see it today is that you know, I, I had an insight. I, I saw something that was true about me already that I just didn't realize. Mm. Uh, and that's why I, when, I, when I say about pointing to well-being, you know, it's kind of like that. I know all people, everyone, regardless of diagnosis, have got mental well-being. It's there. You know, and, and I know, what I didn't realize, I, I realized that by waking my own up. You know, it's kind of like that, you know, I saw something that was true about me already. I saw who I was. I saw I was created with the same energy that all of us are created with. I was part of this big thing that's called the universe, the world. You know, I was, I was part of it. And it was like, and, you know, I, I was made of that same energy. And it was like, uh, you know, and I also had a lot of thinking <laughs> that was convincing that I wasn't, you know, and it was kind of like that when I woke up to that, when I woke up to the fact of who I really was, you know, not my, not my idea of myself, not, not the things that I'd been installing, not the kid who lost his dad, not the guy with mental health struggles, you know, when, it, when I lived as that, you know, that awakened soul, it was like it's, things were really different in life, you know. So it's like you already had it. You already had everything you needed, but you just weren't aware of it. You weren't consciously aware of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Just like that. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. And um, so, but you, you went through this journey. I mean, just like you said, it's the constant journey you, you went through. What on earth, why didn't Jason give up? Because so many people give up along the journey, just like on the highway, when we're going to our destination, we might see a car on the side of the street and someone is out working on it with the hood up. And then we'll see some cars with a tag on it and no one's working on it. They just gave up on that car and it's going to be picked up. But what made you not give up? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think, like, for me, you know, what, there was always, a, like, a small light at the end of the tunnel or, or, or a small flickering light, you know, that, that said to me, you know, that this isn't, this isn't all, you know, this isn't all, this, oh, there's something more than this. And I never, like, I didn't believe it, you know, but it was, like, something that just kept me going beyond it, that there has to be something more than this. There has to be something more than this. You know, and, and that's kind of what I point to in people that I work with. You know, it's that wisdom. Because the thing is, is that it's, I've heard it described like this, like, um, you know, like the marching band, right? It's kind of like if the flute is playing, you know, like the flute, the flute is always playing, but sometimes you can't hear it because of the trumpets. You know, it's kind of like that's that little, that little intuition, that little voice, that little piece of wisdom that's always there. But when, when things are really, you know, the, the brass band, the trumpets, the noise, you know, that's our thinking. And that was my thinking. You know, that was what I was caught up in. I lived in my thinking on a daily basis. I couldn't hear the flute playing. You know, I couldn't hear the voice of wisdom. I couldn't hear the, the, you know, the sense of okayness. I couldn't hear that life was happening the way it was happening for a reason. You know, I, I just couldn't see that at the time. And I was just on that journey. And, um, and I think like in, 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 perhaps the second part of that question is like about, you know, why do some people give up, you know? And it was like, it's 
they just don't they just don't they don't hear it you know they're so busy their thinking looks so real to them about who they are their thinking looks so real to them about you know how life is meant to be and how it should be and the identity that they create you know it's kind of like becomes so loud and overwhelming but sadly you know that they, they just don't get to that point and they they you know want to want to opt out of life so does discipline play a role in your recovery at all being disciplined no um i, I think like well let me expand on it a little bit. You know, it's kind of like where it may not discipline as in you must be disciplined, but like discipline as in like, I know, like when I tap into my wisdom, when my, my truth, who I am, it's kind of like, I know the direction I should be going in. And it's not really difficult. You know, it's kind of like, so I don't have to force myself to do anything. I don't have to um, knuckle down to do things that I don't want to do because it's like I'm following the wisdom, you know, I'm following what looks right in life. And, you know, one of the things that's changed so much about my life is that every I love what I do, you know, it's kind of like I, I'm not doing things that I don't like to do, so I don't need to force myself to do anything. So, you know, yeah, I'm kind of like, I guess discipline comes into it you know in some ways but it's always like because it makes sense rather than a what what i might have understood discipline to be in the past as in forcing myself to do something that that i needed to do in order to be okay you know that's a great explanation so have you been able to mend any previous relationships that may have been affected through your negative interactions when you were going through all these different struggles yeah that's another good question as well. I mean, relationships are so, so damaged, right? Over, you know, when, when there's when there's a lot of struggle going on and um, people don't make sense and, you know, there's all sorts of um, turmoil and chaos created. There was in my life, for sure. Um, and the answer is like, yes, you know, like some relationships are, um, you know, certainly family relationships, um, you know, where I, where I have a, a very trusting um, relationship with my mum. I can't help wondering if um, what happened, you know, like drove us so far apart that it will never be what it might have been. But I don't know that to be true. You know, that's just my sense of of, of what happened. It's just kind of like that. Um, you know, we're not the closest of families, but we have a we do have a great relationship when 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 we see each other. So it's like. Um, Difficult for me to say more than that, but you know that that's certainly been well repaired, and you know there's there's certainly I mean there was a distinct lack of trust and lack of um, hope, you know, for me from my family, but it's it's not been like that for a long time, you know, it's it's been pretty good. good. So, is there hope for people or family members who have mental health issues? Oh, absolutely, yeah, you know, like never give up hope. There's always a hope, you know. It's like what. You know, the one thing, like I've said, you know, and if I, if I, you know, say it again, is that like, we've all got mental well-being, you know, it's beyond our, beyond our presenting symptoms, you know, it's like, when you look beyond the presenting symptomology, you know, of, of behavior, of thought, of, of action, you know, it's kind of like, there's mental well-being there for everyone. And like, you know, if, if it looks like, um, you know, it's a difficult time, then it's just kind of a case of that's part of the journey, you know, and it's like, there is no destination. Now, that's the thing. The destination is the journey, you know, and at times the journey can be difficult. I mean, 
that's the game of life, right? It's a roller coaster, you know. It's consistently a roller coaster, full of ups and downs, and 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 that's how it's meant to be. And I think, you know, my biggest um, thing that I keep in mind today is like that, like that is the game of life. You know, it's kind of like it has ups and downs. Just because you understand how it works, how the mind works who we really are and and like you have a great understanding of people doesn't mean that you're immune to to feelings or experiences of life you know it's kind of like when you see that to be true it's like oh you know like i'm having a i'm having a struggle today it's like oh well you know kind of like it's another it's just one of those days and it'll be better tomorrow the less one thing that I notice about that is that the less emphasis I put on struggle and the more emphasis I put on well-being, you know, the less I get caught up in trying to do something about my struggles. I mean, that's just a normal part of life, right? Having a struggle and, um, you know, it's just kind of like it's a situation, something happens, I let it ride, see what happens the next day, it's okay again, you know, or it's a situation, I don't like it. I meddle in it, I try to fix it, I try to do something about it, I make it worse, you know, and it's kind of like takes longer to deal with, you know, it's like, that's how I see it. And I, I, I just understand and accept that that's part of life, you know, not to have a, a, an amazing day every single day, even though, you know, it's certainly nothing like it used to be. That's a beautiful saying when you said, there is no destination, it's just a journey. Mm. Mm. Yeah. How long? That's, that's, that's like the big, that's the big awakening, isn't it? It's kind of like, it, I mean, all my struggles were, were geared towards like thinking there was a destination. You know, it's kind of like when I get to here, there or wherever, you know, then I'll be okay. You know, and it was like, that was the belief that kept perpetuating the experience of like of drugs and chaos and crime and all those things. Cause I thought there was somewhere to get to. But when you, when you wake up to the idea that like the destination is the journey, you know, the destination is waking up every day, seeing the beauty in life, seeing the beauty in people, seeing the beauty in my children and, and the people that are around me. And like, you know, being on the exciting journey of life, never knowing what's going to come next. You know, that's that's the destination. Yeah, that's beautiful. So what can family members do to help support a member of their family who may be dealing with mental health issues? What can they do to family members? I think um, see the beauty in them, see the wellness in them, you know, like talk to them, talk to them like human beings, you know, like talk to them like you would someone who was, who was innately well. Um, I think that like, you know, like one of, if, let let me see how to put this, like um, when somebody asked me, what's the most powerful thing, you know, for you? And I said, well, I said it was people that, talk to me that knew like so 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 clearly that I was I had that well-being inside of me and it's like I knew so much so that like they didn't listen to my nonsense to my chaos to my craziness that they just spoke to that well-being in me you know that, that they no matter what I told them no matter what stories I said no matter what what I made up about how I was suffering or struggling, that they spoke to me from a place of being, you know, having mental well-being. And I, and, and I always say that that was the most powerful thing that ever happened to me because, you know, there was, there was um, a time when I was speaking to those people when I was struggling and I knew they saw it in me. I knew, you know, no matter what I said, 
but like looking back at it now, I always knew, you know, that, that they, they didn't believe my stories. They didn't believe my mental health struggles. They just saw the mental well-being in me, you know, and it was like those experiences of just being present with someone, you know, of just being present with another person that saw me as innately healthy, that saw me as innately well. They didn't see me as my symptomology. They didn't tell me that I was broken and that I needed to get help. They didn't give me advice, you know, on all those things. They were just there present with me in the moment saying, it's going to be okay. You know, that's the most powerful experience that I've ever had. And that's what I would say to anyone. The, the biggest gift that you can give anyone that's struggling is just to be with them and don't tell them they're broken, you know, tell them they're okay. You know? So speaking, so those interactions that you had while you were going through your struggles, they were literally speaking to the Jason today, had the ability already within them to continue to evolve and expand. So that's, that's wonderful. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what, what is your life mission now? What are, what's, your, what's your thing right now? What's your mission? Um, I've, like, I've got a real passion for, for treating addiction, for working with people that are really, you know, that, that it really looks like to society are, are kind of struggling a bit too much, you know, and, and um, you know, I have really sort of withdrawn from society and their family and people, you know, in the same way that I did, you know, it kind of feels like a, it feels like I'm I'm on that journey whether I like it or not. You know, it's kind of like that. That's what I'm meant to do. Um, I mean, I work with a lot of people, clients with different mental health struggles, different ways. You know, and it's and, and I love all of it. But like, I'm I'm passionate about that. Um, I've just written a program for a residential treatment centre, 28 day um, for for treatment for people struggling with addiction, and I'm sort of looking towards running a pilot for that program um, in the UK, which is going to be really cool. And um, it's the the journey's been sort of me standing up and saying, you know, this is I'm passionate about this subject. You know, this is something I know a lot about, and this is something I've ex- I've had real life first hand experience of. And it's also something I know, you know, how to work with people with. So that's, that seems to be my, um, my current direction, you know. Good. So how can people get in contact with you? What's your social media contact or website? Um, best ways through my website, which is wideworldcoaching.com. So like wideworld and coaching.com. Um, my, my, all my, uh, contact details are on there um so that's probably the easiest way. i've got my messengers on there as well so if you go on my website there's a little messenger icon at the bottom and um you know i'm always open to having conversations with people you know like i, I love connecting with people you know not 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 about charging people for conversations but really like just getting to know anyone who's struggling you know and, and, I, and I do that a lot and that's kind of um what I love, you know, just, just seeing, you know, how I can help people and point people in the right direction. And when this life that you're living now, you are helping. So you have, you're helping so many people and impacting people's lives. Mm. When you were a small Mm. child, did you dream of this? What were you seeing as a small child? What, what was it? Um. I think as a small child, I was just very lost, you know, it was kind of like, um, I didn't really have a clue about, I mean, I, I, I described it as like, um, 
two, two things my life as a kid, you know, and it was like a jungle and quicksand, you know, it was kind of like that, um, you know, I was only seeing getting past the next day, you know, like if you was in the jungle, you was just trying to get through the day, you know, and find out where you were going and that was it. And it was kind of like that and, and, and quicksand because that's what it was like. It was like walking in quicksand, you know, every, every step was like heavy and, um, and, and difficult. So, um, you know, my life is beyond, beyond my wildest dreams you know i never i never thought it could be this good wow that's great so this has been a fabulous interview jason i really have enjoyed talking to you um just your life experiences and what you went through to become what you are today is just Mm. phenomenal i believe our lives could be likened all to also to like lifting weights we sometimes you the weight is going away from you sometimes you're drawing it to you and but throughout that process you're building if you continue with it so i really thank you for not giving up on yourself and because you didn't give up on yourself there are so many other people that won't give up because you're being able to influence their lives Thank you for listening to The New Mind Creator Podcast with your host, Maurice, The New Mind Creator. This podcast has been sponsored by Abundant Sports and True Serum. Head over to www.mauriceflornoy.com to receive more motivation and insight to help create your new mind.